Shut up. All right, let's start this shit so I don't talk to you anymore. <laughs> Welcome to the X Block. Am I right, Marie? Sir, yes, sir. Then listen up. You're listening to the X Block. I'm Jared. He's Caleb. Let's get into it. You are listening to the X Block Podcast, episode 17. I'm Jaron, and I'm here with Caleb. Hey, Oop. And this is the number one Xbox podcast in the world. Probably, dude. In the galaxy, Caleb. Oh, dude, we said that before the recording. I was like, you know what? You're right, man. Like, <laughs> fuck all those other dudes, man. Like, it's, it's us, you know? We're out here. It's only probably in the world, but it's 100% in the galaxy. That makes sense. That's a technicality. We win. <laughs> oh, dude, it's been us. Actually, I wouldn't say it's been a slow week for games, but uh, I've yeah. only really been playing the same one. So I'll let you go first because I always see you <laughs> playing all these different fucking things from yeah, I'm just, five years I'm ago. Out there, man, I'm such a gamer, dude. Like all the all the gamers know me, man. I'm such a gamer. So, <laughs> uh, what have I been playing this week? Let's see. I finished, dude. Star Wars Battlefront One, right from 2015. Oh, of course. Got all the achievements. I'm gonna get in that one, man. Listen, dude. No one can kill 10 starfighters in Beggar's Canyon run training sim faster than me, dude. Oh, Y'all wow. Don't know shit. I've got a hype-ass time, dude. And then uh, I got to level 50 in the online. <laughs> that online sucks, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not great, man. It's really fucking poo-poo. And you play with the... <laughs> you ever play such a dead online, Jaren? That you play it over the course of like a couple weeks because it takes so fucking long to get to level 50. That you, you load up a, a match of blast as you do, and you're like, Oh, there's Jim from two days ago. Where <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Oh, vicious 6969. Good to see you again, my old friend. You, you ever do that, Jim? I've played the old Call of Duty games before, like gone back and played them, and I've seen, yeah, like the same five people every single match I go into. Yeah, well, it wasn't it was a little more than five, but it was like I ran into the same people. You know, someday we'd be on the same squad, some days they'd be on the other team, and it would just be like, ah, classic fucking Jim with his goddamn thermal detonators, you piece of shit. And so I, I finally got the level 50 in that, and then there was some other miscellaneous achievement. I forgot what it was in that game. Otherwise, I played Rainbow Six Siege with some friends, uh, Juwan and Austin, shout out. They always get a shout out on the show. Uh, that game's still pretty good, actually. I'm pretty decent at it. Not all the time. You know, if you play against people who are too tryhard, you just get fucked because they just do like the, I don't know what you'd call it, the uh, pro, you know, fucking peak shit, you know, between oh, doorways. Yeah. And they know everything about everything on every map. So there's no like sneaking. There's no nothing. Even if you try to like blow out a floor, it's like we thought of that you know, 30 years ago. So no. So you play against some people, it doesn't happen. But most people, I can still beat. And then Juwan and I played some Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, you know, in celebration of me beating Battlefront 1. Battlefront 2 is <laughs> so much better, by the way. The co-op mode in that game, just a great time. So I'll just, I'll just not linger on that too long. And then I beat Undertale. Well, I guess technically I didn't beat Undertale, but I did finish the story. Here, here, here's what happened. When Undertale, which came out like 2014, came to Xbox, Jaren. E. Uh, this little indie game by Toby Fox, but he had some help. Uh, but That's uh, a cool ass fucking name. Is his real name actually Toby Fox? I think so, but I don't know. But it's Undertale <laughs> by Toby Fox. It comes up all the time and he's like okay. the main creator. So I think that's actually maybe his main, main name. But yeah, so he did all the music and a bunch of other stuff. And that game finally came to Xbox recently. But he made a really easy achievement list where 
if you follow a bit of a guide, which you don't have to, but if you want to just do a pacifist run and you don't have no idea what this game means or anything, you don't want to play it nine times, then it's best to just maybe follow a guide to like learn how to not kill everything and just because the, the combat is very specific. I'm not going to get into it. For, the, for those of you who know, you know. And so I, I just wanted to, I wanted to play a bit of a pacifist run and you can do like genocide where you kill everything or you can do a neutral. And so I did a pacifist, followed a guide. You get all the achievements basically by just doing some stuff at one location in the game and then visiting, like, I think every location. Uh, mm. So I, I did that. And then you, so that's like three fourths of the game, right? I just watched the last fourth on YouTube of the pacifist run because the combat for me isn't engaging enough for me to want to finish it. Like, it's pretty basic and it's kind of, the combat is not why you play that game. Like, it's interesting and unique. But I, at, by the time I got three-fourths through the game, I was like, man, I just want to play something with better gameplay, <laughs> honestly, for me. <laughs> it's a bit obtuse in terms of you're just a heart in a square, and you just, like, dodge a bunch of shit. It gets way more intricate than that, but that's most of it. Anywho, watch that playthrough for the rest of it. That game, I understand why it gets, like, 10 out of 10 to Jaren. Like, you don't understand. That story is, like, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Especially when you get to the end and you see what happens and all this stuff. You're like, this, this is crazy. The game's crazy. Uh, so Undertale, good time. Finished that. Got all the achievements. And then lastly, <laughs> I went back. What do you think I went back and played, Jeremy? What, what do you think? Oh, fuck. I don't know, dude. It's probably some old ass fucking game. It's I the did. Chinese Master Chief Collection, Jeremy. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course, the Chinese Master Chief Collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How dude, could I forget? I, I just, I'm like, I'm just going to play through Halo 1 again and get, because I didn't get the skulls yet and the terminals. I didn't get all those yet in the Master Chief Collection for the, the Chinese ones. So I'm just like, I'm going to get some of the skulls and some of the, the terminals. So here I am playing through Halo 1 again, just wow. like every fucking week. Look at you go. Getting hyped for Halo Infinite, Jaren. I'm out here. I was, the, the one thing that you said that just made me chuckle to myself was when you're like, oh, you can do a pacifist run or you can do a little genocide. Yeah, well, it's literally called a genocide run. <laughs> and I was like, what's a, like little, what's a little genocide? You can, do, you can do a little <laughs> bit of genocide. Now. You can murder everything you come across. Ah. Yeah, the characters in that game are some of, I would say, some of the best characters I've ever encountered in video games. And like I said, if you haven't played Undertale, just go in blind. And I mean, unless you want to play the game a bunch of times, you can try because you can you'll mess it up from the very beginning if you don't know what you're doing from the start. You can just make sure you don't fight or kill anything ever at any point in your game and you'll get the pacifist ending. Or you can kill everything, or you can do a mix. But I re I recommend the pacifist run, mm. and uh, it's a good time. Tyler, hi, really good time. I'd consider playing it just because I'd love to get a text from my girlfriend, and she's like, "What are you doing today?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm playing a game, you know, just a tad of genocide, <laughs> just committing a bit of genocide, dear. <laughs> Don't worry, your pretty head, go away." <laughs> like, okay, click block. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm taking the kids. There's no kids. Oh, yeah, that's at a good least point, not that Jared. I know about. Just walking birth control, man. Am I right? Oh High yeah, five, dude. Fuck it, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. What have I been playing, Caleb? I can't talk about oh, yeah. it too much because it's entirely the Game Pass or gameplay segment. I finished Psychonauts. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. I was. I was gonna ask you, like, what have you been playing? And then I was like, oh yeah, you kind of mentioned he hasn't really been playing anything. But then I remembered like two days ago or a day ago, you told me, yeah, you finished Psychonauts. Yeah, that is pretty much about it. Because if I talk too much about it, then I'll spoil the Game Passer gameplay segment from next week's podcast. Okay, so since it's next week, no teasers, no hints yet? Just keeping it close? Uh, I enjoyed what I played. Enjoyed what you played. Okay, and we'll, we'll keep it there. And next week in our Game Passer gameplay segment, you can come back in. And see if Jaren wants you to give that game a try or whether you should pass on it because it's boo-boo. So Yeah, you will definitely find out. And Caleb's now actually probably going to play the game. Yeah, I mean, 
I w- there's no achievement list, right? Uh, no, there's not. See, here's how stupid I am, Jaren. You ready? Even though I know there's no achievements for that game because it's original Xbox game, I'm still a little scared of it, you know? So, I may mm. play it on my alt account just so it's not on my main account just because I'm a little scared, you know, for no reason. I said you know as if you know, but you don't know. No one I knows. do. I do know because I also played it on my other account. <laughs> oh, Jaren, my sweet little boy. <laughs> oh, you you understand me. You're one of the chosen. I just did it because I like I didn't think obviously they would retroactively add achievements to it, but I was like, what does this show up as? And I was like, ah, I don't really want to yeah, get, you don't wanna, think about it too yeah. much. So I was like, I'll just throw it on my other account. Yeah, it's like somewhere it's like even a little bit worse than just seeing a beta on your pro on your achievement list, <laughs> you know, that has like zero of zero percent and everything, and you're like, ah. Yeah, you can't even hide it sometimes because the game they don't recognize that what a zero means. Yeah, the only original Xbox game that I might put on there is something that I really love, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic, you know, mm. or maybe even Morrowind if I were ever to play that, but I won't because why would I bother, you know? But yeah, if you play, uh, well, you're going to play Psychonauts, but I, I, am. I feel like yeah. you can finish it because it's only like eight hours. Okay, eight hours is a bit longer than I would have liked. If you just said four or five, I may have been in for it, but we'll see. I mean, I'll play it enough to have a very solid opinion of it, and I've played many a platformer in my day, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll play it for a few hours, but I don't know if I'll give it the whole eight unless I really like it. Uh, yeah, I won't give a spoiler, but uh, I won't. I won't give too much of my opinion. But it's if you're at all interested in the second one that's coming out, I would. I would say just play this one because they. Uh, I don't. Okay. I don't know if the yeah. second one picks up right where this one left off, but this one does kind of have a very much like a. And now we're going to do this. Okay. See, I w- I wasn't uh I, I I'm only gonna be interested in the second one if this first one grabs me. So yeah. So it's up to it. But yeah, we'll we'll be back next week. Stay tuned. And now, outside the box. I'm thinking now. Outside the box. Where we cover all the news you need to know outside the Xbox community. And first in Outside the Box, Caleb, Electronic Arts confirms EA Play Live pre-show start time and event host. You uh, you lost me at Electronic Arts, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I tuned out after that. And honestly, wouldn't have even put this in here at all because we're kind of far away from it but yeah. there are rumors from jeff grubb which have been confirmed by well not his not his rumors been confirmed but like the idea that ea motive is working on a dead space kind of uh, revival has been confirmed by a couple other sites whether it gets revealed at this event or not that's only what jeff grubb has said yeah he he said that there will be a quote established ip end quote uh revival from EA's motive studio and then uh it was picked up by vgc and other outlets apparently and this is from vgc by the way and then gamatsu has since corroborated the report and claimed that the ip in question is dead space uh we'll see about that i mean i wouldn't put it past them really but also at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if they're really actually working on Dead Space. We'll see. That's, that's going to be quite the turn for the company. I think I, I wrote about that at one point um, when it was also kind of jokingly teased online. I, I wrote a Screen Rant article about that and yeah. did a lot of digging and research into just all of the Dead Space history and all this other shit and interviews and everything. And I'm like, yeah, they abandoned the game, like the IP in like 2017 or 2018 because of just obvious finance reasons of the money in, money out. And uh, they, they've had like a change in vision and direction at EA a bit at that time, or since then. But it's seen, but still, like Dead Space, I don't know, this soon, a reimagining of the game or the franchise. I'm like, I don't know. I could see them having a remaster kind of collection ready to announce for maybe, I don't know, the end of this year or next year. But even then, I'm, I'm just skeptical, you know? Yeah, that's fair. In terms of this also, 
Assassin's Creed Valhalla's director has joined Motive, the studio allegedly rebooting Dead Space. So Eric Baptizat also designed Origins and Black Flag. That's a fake name. That's not real. That's a, that's a lie. You just lied about that name. What's the real <laughs> name, Jaren? Come on. I, I believe that's the name. So he's uh, he's joining EA Motive. Okay. Well, there you go with that. And apparently, like I, like I said, a reimagining of the series. I don't even know what that means, Jaren. Do you know what that means? Uh, it's, I don't know. They're saying, some people are saying reimagining, some people are saying rebooting. I assume it's just, they're going back to the the beginning, like a bunch of other studios have done with their IPs right now. That's really annoying. Like they were going with the story in Dead Space 3, like just put out Dead Space 4, man, and come up with something different. Like the guy who was, I think the creative director of the Visceral at that time, he came out and said what Dead Space 4 would have been had they worked on it. He gave like a whole rundown of like, yeah, here's what it would have looked like. But uh, and I know that they want to like get more people. I'm like, dude, people who are into Dead Space are already into Dead Space. And like maybe you could just do a remastered collection to get new people in and caught up. But why don't you just make like a new game? But maybe the reimagining, maybe I'm like just saying that maybe they are if they are doing Dead Space, maybe they're doing a Dead Space 4. I don't see how they do or why they do a Dead Space before before releasing a remastered collection and it'd be interesting if they did a remastered collection and then did a reimagining of the series in like a new game i think that's why you're not getting the remastered collection is it it would have been very similar to the mass effect rollout that we've just recently had where they they put out the three mass effect games if they were gonna do a dead space four, they would have released the other three dead space games remastered but i do feel like they're they're rebooting the series i guess we'll see and they again this is kind of speculation like these people corroborated and confirmed this but then again the industry lit up when they said that nintendo was announcing a switch pro before e3 and that never happens like what the fuck do they know you know (laughs) that is fair (laughs) and then uh by the way the ea play live on july 22nd starting at 10 a.m pacific time will be hosted by wwe star austin creed aka xavier woods so that guy's cool that's about all the news yeah easy he seems like he's a very excited young man, you know? Yeah. I, I like that we're getting different people to host these events. Like we had Paris host the Xbox event. Now we've got this guy hosting the EA event. I like that it's not always Greg Miller. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> See, I, I have mixed feelings because I'm with you on that too. But then when you see people from the industry, not Xavier Woods really, but like, I don't know, Paris host an Xbox showcase thing. You're like, isn't that like a bit crossing the wires too much? If you're kind of, I guess he's not really a journalist per se though. So it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah, I think it was weirder when they had people like Greg doing it. Yeah, you're like, this is kind of like, this is why people are like questioning of your guys' reporting and all this other shit sometimes is because you're like hosting these gigs for these publishers and shit, you know? I guess they are all independent now. It's not like they ever take like the one of the primary writers for IGN and, it's and just, give them a I hosting agree. Gig. It's just still kind of a conflict where you're like, I go to your show on whatever kind of funny games, whatever. And you're like, I I look for your opinion on this. And I'm like, okay, you gave me your opinion on this. And even though I kind of, I trust you in this way, it's like, I still have to deal with the fact that this publisher gave you money at some point to like host this thing. So there's somewhat of a conflict there that could just not exist if you didn't do it. But I don't blame them for doing it too much. Like everybody got to hustle, you know? Anyway. Oh yeah. If if anyone ever lets us host an event, I will, I will be there a hundred percent. But if it's Square Enix, because I know you let Kind of Funny host your event one time. If you hire me to host your event and a trailer plays and I'm like, Poof, that was shit. That's what I'm going to say on stage, shit. just so you know. You want to see your stock plummet in real time like a fucking, what, cannonball? I don't know, dude. It's going to, we can make it happen over here at the X-Block, dude. That's our, that's our <laughs> endorsement from ourselves. The showcase that you have me host better be fire all the way through because otherwise I'm yeah. making fun of it live on the stage. Yeah, and I'm going to clap when he makes fun of it, so. 
All right, moving on to the next topic, we're going to talk about Ubisoft and their two kind of upcoming games, one far closer than the other. But why don't we start in the far future? It's a bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? Far closer. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't we start in this one, which is going to be a little further away, and that's Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. And we're finally kind of getting, it seems like more third party adaption of only making games for the next gen consoles, Caleb. Yeah, this seems like one of the big ones and one of the like kind of one of the firsts in a way where it doesn't like they're even going to like port it backward to previous gens like Godfall is doing right now. (laughs) Yeah, where you're like, I thought this was a PS5 only game. Like, ah, fuck it. It's going everywhere. And you're like, all right. But this game seems truly next gen. And I don't know if it's actually going to make 2022, but they say that. Yeah, and it's funny listening to them talk about it and then hearing what people say about like the Series X and the PS5 where Ubisoft is basically saying, hey, we've created features in this game that only work because of the SSD. And and then you've got Xbox, not really Xbox, but Sony being like, ah, these games were made for the PS5, but they still work on the PS4. Ubisoft here is basically saying, yeah, that's not possible. If you make something for the SSD, it has to be on the next gen consoles yeah like it can't go backward (laughs) unless you do some sort of cloud function like microsoft's doing because they're gonna have their clouds running on series x hardware so you can just stream something to your xbox one theoretically speaking of different kinds of clouds caleb this game is gonna have full (laughs) ray tracing and biometric luminescence or whatever they said and yeah and a bunch of crazy drop (laughs) <laughs> Snowdrop Tech Showcase video, man. They talk about some shit in there. Yeah, like Jared said, they got bioluminescence of Pandora's plants. And dude, boys, listen, I know you weren't going to pre-order Pandora, like Avatar Frontier of Pandora, but get your wallets out because they got some new volumetric cloud system that will improve <laughs> the visual quality of the sky. So like my wallet's already empty, dude. I'm on, I'm on board from the start. Hey, if they can beat Destiny One Sky, then uh, then by all means, I'll be impressed because Destiny One Sky <laughs> still looks good. It does, dude. It's phenomenal. That was one of the best. I say that was one. That was the best part of Destiny One was looking <laughs> at the sky. It really was because Destiny One was a little poo poo. Oh yeah, at the at the start when it had no content and you would stare up at the clouds and you'd be like, man, I can see so much of where this game could have went. Yeah, you're like, I wonder. I wonder what a good game would have been like <laughs> just standing there. Oh, man, let's turn into a Destiny shit show here. But yeah, it's, uh, if you want to watch the Snowdrop Tech Showcase, GameSpot did an article about it. Yeah, IGN has a more in-depth article on it if you oh, want okay. it broken down, but not to watch the video. If you just want to read, head over to IGN and you can watch their like broken down version of everything that's shown. Yeah, there you go. So fuck you, GameSpot. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Psych. Moving on to Ubisoft's other game, which is closer, Rainbow Six Extraction, and they claim that it won't cannibalize Siege's audience as they are very different. And to that, I say, we'll see. (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to ask you what you thought about that, of them saying that they don't think that Extraction and Siege are going to cannibalize each other's audiences. I kind of see what they're saying because, I mean, I could see that the casuals of Siege may transfer over to PvE. So what's left or to yeah to the extraction, but what's left of Siege will be more a little like slightly more hardcore. Like maybe you could no what no one will, but maybe you could measure it in a percentage wise and be like after extraction comes out, Siege is about two percent more hardcore. You know, but uh, with like pl- players who want to do PvP only. But I, some people are gonna go over to extraction. Probably not everybody or a ton even. And there's somewhat different audiences. But I imagine, like I said, there's at least at least a small amount of crossover. So they're probably right, but less right than they may think they are. Yeah, I have a feeling that just because they're 
basically like in in like design and shooting and all that kind of stuff they're the same game so like if you're good at siege you'll probably be able to transition your skills relatively easily to extraction because it's the same characters that you're controlling but i think all that's going to happen is people who are into siege but have kind of fallen off and moved on to other games might come back to play extraction and be like okay this is fun and i don't see the people who are still playing siege like maybe a few of them come over but i have a feeling that people who play multiplayer shooters all the time and are still playing an old multiplayer shooter are going to continue to play multiplayer shooters and not bother with co-op experiences hey hey that's me smile I'm playing co-op <laughs> shooters or uh, multiplayer games. Smile. <laughs> so I, I don't think uh, I don't think there'll be too much player pull from Siege's current base. I just think this will bring back a lot of people who played Siege at the start and have kind of fallen off. Mm. I was gonna say, dude, I'm playing Siege right now, and I'm gonna be over on Extraction. I'm one of the the few, you know. I'm not your typical gamer, Jaren. I'm I'm a real gamer boy, dude. I drink G Fuel. <laughs> I play all the games. That's true, but by the time uh, the extraction comes out, you'll probably be playing like Halo or something like that in multiplayer. Ah, you got me there, Jaren. Checkmate. <laughs> All right. Hopping over to the next one. I This is just something that... This was this is a great time. I read this in the doc, <laughs> what you're about to say. I fucking laughed out loud when I read it yesterday. So all I wrote in the doc was every time Jim Ryan speaks, it seems he thinks we're dumber than the last time he spoke. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's how I feel. And he just comes out and he starts off with this with this thing. Wait, what happened? What happened? What's the story? What went on? Uh, there's there's two. So one, Sony's Jim Ryan argues that growing first party games isn't as simple as throwing money at it, which is VGC. just a, that's just a quote that they took from what he said. Yeah, what VGC took from what he said. It's not a hundred percent what he was talking about. And then his other quote, which made me laugh out loud, was Jim Ryan says Sony wants more cross-play and oh, insists yeah. its policies are consistent. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So, is that is that second story uh, with Jim Ryan, is that also from That's the, also from uh, VGC. Steven... Okay. Well, yeah. So, they're reporting on an Axios interview. Yeah, so yeah. They're Steven both from Tatillo, that. who is the was the former editor-in-chief at Kotaku, now works at Axios, and he got an interview with Jim Ryan. And so, these everyone kind of reported on different things he said there. And so, what was that thing about cross-play again? Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll start with that one because... Yeah, so Jim Ryan, his his wording is very careful about it. He said that their policies on the issue are consistent with other companies. And everybody took this as him saying, hey, we do the same as like Xbox and all of them. But I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's being really cheeky with his wording and using words like consistent and that kind of thing. But all he's saying is that, hey, we charge every company money. We don't discriminate. Yeah, well, here's what he said in the be in the <laughs> beginning. He said, "quote We support and encourage crossplay, noting that the feature works on numerous big games such as Fortnite, Rocket League, Call of Duty, Minecraft." "quote That number will continue to grow." End quote. And then uh, he was asked about. Well, first of all, they the VGC article aptly mentions the Epic uh, email that came out in the lawsuit between Epic and Apple, where uh, they noted that. Uh, royalties that uh, Sony demands royalties if the proportion of revenue made through in-game purchases is less than 85% of PlayStation users. Less than 85%. They're like, yo, give us money. <laughs> and so that's, first of all, there's that, which wasn't even too long ago. And then in the article, they note that um, Sony appears to still be experiencing issues with its cross-play policies. Last month, Randy Pitchford tweeted that a long-awaited cross-play update for Borderlands 3 would not be coming to PlayStation platforms. In somewhat vaguely worded tweet, Pitchford claimed the studio had been, quote, required, end quote, to remove crossplay support for PS5 and PS4. Asked to clarify the situation, Take-Two did not respond. 
uh, I think. Uh, yeah, did not specify the specific reason behind the issue. And then we get to Jim Ryan. Asked to comment in, in that Axios interview, Jim Ryan said, quote, uh, well, he said it, we didn't, he said he didn't want to talk about a, quote, live business issue with a longstanding partner, uh, and then, end quote, but noted, quote, our policies are consistent across all the publishers. <laughs> so that's what Jaron was saying when he said that he was being cagey, where he's like, you still have this thing with Borderlands, and he's like, our policies are consistent across all publishers. He's like, you mean you being shit a little bit? Yeah. Or at least being cheeky. Maybe it's not shit, because they're a company, you know, and you want to give them the benefits. Like, yeah, they're trying to make money, and they're smaller than Microsoft and all these things. But it's not beneficial to your players. It's not a consumer-friendly approach. And everyone is on board except you. And the only reason you're even somewhat on board with crossplay at this point, and you're even saying the things you are, is because Microsoft and Xbox drove you kicking and screaming, or drug you <laughs> kicking and screaming to crossplay. And with the PC boys out there, too. Yeah, it's it's true. And I get why Sony is kind of hesitant on this. And actually, when it comes to Sony, I don't necessarily agree with this. Uh, what the rest of the community says where they're they're like, oh, them putting their games on PC is going to make them more money in the end, where I think on a game by game basis, it will. And if they're using it to kind of like advertise players to come back across to PlayStation. But it's like recently we saw that there's rumors that Ghost of Tsushima might be coming to yeah. PC. And that's only yeah, like five that. months or, or what is it going to be like? Maybe by the time it comes out, probably like a, a year at most after the, the game came out. Yeah, it seems like they're working with new IP, like not established Sony franchises at this point. I, I just don't. Unlike Microsoft, who has a reason to be in the PC game and like this makes sense for them. I honestly think Sony's kind of in this difficult spot where unless they make like dramatic business shifts that them putting their games on PC doesn't really help them in well, any it makes them more of a publisher than than a hardware seller. Like they get away from the PlayStation yeah. like ecosystem. I see what you're saying. I I kind of agree in a sense. It depends on how they implement it. First of all, Microsoft's business model over the next 20 years is probably going to drive them to extinction if they don't alter their strategy, clearly. Um, and then second of all, they have these... It's, it's really just the strategy of how they put these games on PC. Like, if I were Sony and I were Jim Ryan, I wouldn't be putting Ghost of Tsushima on the fucking PC a year later, you know? Because then you're really like, well, why do I need a PlayStation? If that happens, we assume based on current uh i don't know there's some sort of changes on back end things of yeah on box I don't remember art, exactly. they remove the only playstation tag yeah and so if that happens assuming hypothetically that that happens i'm saying that i would not do that as the head of place i wouldn't i wouldn't you know green like that you could say that i think there was recently a sale of ghost of tsushima for literally only like ten dollars on ps4 some nonsense like it's super cheap I don't think the wells fully run dry from that game, although maybe mostly on PlayStation consoles. But uh, and maybe you would think it's a good idea to put it on there to advertise the Ghost of Tsushima sequel or whatever when that comes out. And maybe you, you keep that one when it comes out on PS5. You don't put that one on PC as soon and you kind of make it a reason to have a PS5. But at the same time, just putting it out a year after it came out, it gives the impression that you that you may do that more often and that you're more lenient in that way. And so that would seemingly negatively impact your hardware sales, whereas the point of you putting software on PC is seemingly to make more money out of it, which makes sense, and then also advertise for sequels and shit on your PlayStation hardware so that people will buy PlayStations. And uh, it makes sense to put, I think, your PlayStation games on there if they're like five years old. 
or even maybe four, depending, or whatever. You know, like games that are really run dry and that no one was going to buy a fucking PlayStation to play it anyway. So it really doesn't matter. But when you, if you put games too early that came out too early on there, that doesn't make sense to me. But uh, you know what? Hey, Jaron, Jim Ryan, he's, he's a CEO, man. He knows, he knows way more than us. We're just two dudes on an Xbox podcast. What do we know, man? What do we know out here, Jaron? <laughs> yeah, that's true. What do we know? Big dick, big dick Jim Ryan out there, you know? He knows too much, dude. Let's just let's just let Jim do what he's gonna do. Dude. He's gonna make the right decision. Come on, Jim, you got it. Yeah, and also just crazy thing to say here. So PlayStation Now service is on PC, right? Uh, yes, right. What if you had to guess is the biggest played game from PlayStation Now of all their exclusives? Um, it's a great question, actually. I don't know. I don't. I don't actually know that answer. Maybe Uncharted Four or Three is that on there? See, you'd think that. You'd think it would be yeah. one of their their main actual exclusives that you figure they're always telling everybody about and all that kind of thing that, oh, you got to play this on PlayStation. Nah, dude, it's Bloodborne. So, even oh, PC yeah. <laughs> people don't give a shit about like the play, like that it outpaces Horizon and all of those games that are, that they've moved to PC, Bloodborne does better than those. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, dude, that's definitely true, by the way, like for Sony and uh, they put their first party games on PC, like, you know, a la carte to sale, not just in PS Now, the ones that they do, they don't sell like gangbusters in the way they did on PlayStation, even though there are like equally as many or more people on Steam, right? Yeah, like right now, Steam has their summer sale going on and I think it's like 10 of the top 20 games are, are Xbox Studios games. See, that's awesome. <laughs> I guess it's not apple to apples to apples because these games, the PlayStation games, the, like P- some people who have PC, many people already own a PlayStation, already played them, uh, maybe pirated them, who knows, whatever. So, and the game's already been out for a while. So, people who wanted it got it sometimes. So, it doesn't really, it's not really equivalent, you know. But then you look at something like putting the Master Chief Collection on PC, and that's sold a shit ton of copies already, even. Well, we got we to gotta move on from uh, Jim Ryan and, and that kind of stuff. So, the, the only other thing that happened here was what which i thought was funny was one of his other quotes he he was talking about that it's not as simple as throwing money at first party games and his description of this was just look at ghost of tsushima from sucker punch this was not the game we thought they were going to make but we are not overly rigid or corporate with our talent we want them to use our hardware as their creative palette and it's like so what is the what is the point of what you said like exclusives aren't as simple as just throwing money at it means that you're kind of hinting towards that Xbox or Nintendo just throws money at their studios, which you've literally just said that you take the same approach as what Xbox takes with their studios. He also said, I think at the end of that article or something, I think they quoted him as saying that Sony is that they've used mergers and acquisitions in the past and that they will continue to look into that. Yep. (laughs) I'm like, I get he's saying it's, it's not the only thing you have to build these things and all shit. I'm like, yeah, well, didn't you guys close like three or four <laughs> studios in like the past 10 years or something or le- like actually less than that? Like they closed a bunch of studios at the end of the PS3, I think beginning of the PS4 era ish. And then it's like, didn't you guys just like consolidate a Sobo into like one fucking team or whatever? Like your initial, didn't you like close down the first Sony first party studio? Didn't you guys just close them down in Japan? It's bizarre. Sony's weird. Jim Ryan is the master of doing an interview where he answers a ton of questions and every single answer contradicts something he says in the previous part of the interview. Yeah. I'll just say, dude, Jim Ryan, like if I didn't have enough money to buy Bethesda, <laughs> I would be saying it's not all about money either, man. I'd be like, yeah, it's not all about money because I didn't have any money to buy things. I feel you, dude. I'm glad you guys got the steal of the century, though, with Insomniac. Good for you. 
That was a good one. Yeah, that's true. And all right, Caleb, we should probably move on to review roundup. In a world where reviews are too long to read and review videos are too long to watch, one man will compile all of the reviews and turn them into one easy digestible stream of information. This is the review. And now, Caleb, for the first time ever, we actually have some games on the review roundup, but we're going to do it a little different because they're not the most important games. Okay, I was going to say we're definitely doing it different because it's usually nothing. So, no matter (laughs) what we do, it's different. So, we're just going to talk briefly about Scarlet Nexus, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance game. And I kind of just want to say... People have these like expectations of games that are coming out and like Scarlet Nexus came out and it got like 80, like it's, it's average is 80 on Metacritic and that's on PlayStation platforms and it's 74 on Xbox and that kind of thing. People seem to have this perception of games in the summer that these games in the summer are actually going to be like smash hit games. And I just it literally almost never happened. Almost never. Like if a game's coming out in the summer, it's because they didn't think it would be a big enough game to sell during the fall and maybe they've put less time in it and it's not up to that standard of games obviously sony and microsoft coming up in the future are going to be the exception to that yeah like last of us and ghost of tsushima yeah that's because they have so many first party games that they need to give them windows to come out and they have an established player base that's going to buy their game regardless so it makes sense to drop it in the summer yeah it doesn't really matter for them but yeah but like these third-party publishers like this is where they put their games that aren't the biggest hits and obviously i'm more referring to dark alliance because apparently that game has like a 59 or something on uh, on metacritic is that the dungeons and dragons game yeah the co-op one that came free to game pass and we saw a lot of these uh comparisons that were that were like oh game pass just gets all these games that aren't that great and it's like well no it's the summertime so they're getting games like Outriders, which Outriders still turned into being a pretty good game. It's just your typical multiplayer shooter at launch that dropped and wasn't great. Yeah, basically. And I heard that the, I don't know if this is true. I think you've read into it more than I have, but the Dungeons and Dragons game, I heard that it, they just have like server issues, right? Like you can't, it's kind of broken in some ways. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard is that it it's is just a bit broken. It is kind of broken, but the reviews also aren't like the highest on just the game in general. Okay, well, if, if you and I, I don't think, are we playing that at some point? Uh, if we run out of shit to play, but at the rate that we're finishing Outriders, I don't think we're going to run out <laughs> of shit to play. We'll probably finish Outriders at the end of the summer. Yeah, dude, we're at our, we're at our slowest pace in maybe seven years of gaming. <laughs> So yeah, we just wanted to briefly talk about Scarlet Nexus. This game sounds solid. If this is your kind of game, it's a it's kind of like a Devil May Cry style game with like an interesting art style and all that kind of stuff. If that's your kind of game, uh, Game Informer did a review on it. Pretty much every place that you would go for a review did a review on it. We're not going to talk about it too much here because it's not our type of game. But yeah, play Scarlet Nexus if that's your type and probably don't play dark alliance unless you've got game pass and it's free yeah that makes sense man yeah so i just wanted to kind of briefly talk about like people setting their expectations way high for summer games for some reason oh yeah and i imagine if you go back to dark alliance i don't know if this is true but if it's like every other game that exists if you come back to it in six months it'll probably be great (laughs) so who knows (laughs) Yeah, that is fair. So yeah, we Caleb and I were obviously looking forward to playing it, but just as we've fallen behind in games, there's going to be better games for us to play. Yeah, at this point, we, we have fallen behind. I'm still, at one point, I'm still ready to go back to Minecraft Dungeons because they've added so much to that game. Oh yeah, me too. But uh, we just, we got to finish Outriders at some point. <laughs> 
That is very true. And it's like, Caleb, what are you doing after the show? It's like, I'm writing a couple of articles, so I can't do it today. It's like, damn, that's yeah. life. We're we're both busy with just different stuff that we're doing. Busy so. little boys, especially with all this Xbox news coming up, Jaren. Hey, oh, segue. Oh, yeah, moving into the X block. There you go, Caleb. Always with your song. I'm never going to clip it, so you're always going to have to do it for how many I live in constant pain. <laughs> <laughs> we're heading back to the rumor roundup. Or what was it called? No, the rumor wire. <laughs> you nailed it. Keep Dude, that I in. I totally forgot the name Keep of it. Keep it in. No, we're keeping it. The rumor wire returns, Caleb. It does say that. It says that in my doc, so it must be true. <laughs> Xbox and Kojima reportedly close to closing deal for upcoming game. This is one of those things, Jaren, where, and this this article comes from Pure Xbox, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to, so I'll, I'll go over this news a bit if you want. You want to kind of take a little bit of a break if, if you're down. Yeah, yeah. But uh, according to the, this article by uh, Fraser Gilbert from Pure Xbox says, according to VentureBeat reporter Jeff Grubb, the deal is pretty much a certainty. Speaking on the latest GamesBeat uh, des- Decides, yeah, GamesBeat Decides, that's an interesting name, podcast. Grubb acknowledges that former Portal designer Kim Swift was brought into Xbox to work with Kojima, and the deal is, quote, at a point where it's not going to get not, where it's not going to not get signed. That's a hell of a phrase, uh, fucking <laughs> it's, Jeff. But it's okay. so cryptic for no reason. Yeah, it says, quote, Quiff, Kim Swift, who's worked on Portal and Left 4 Dead, and she's been a, at uh, Google Stadia working as, like, Ooh. their chief creative person. He's coming in specifically to work with Kojima on his game. Xbox didn't say Kojima. It's said in the story it's about working with independent developers, but it's Kojima. It's close to being signed. It's at a point where I think it's not going to not get signed. They are just figuring out details, basically, and I'll have more to say about that soon. Uh, Venture Beats previous, and then this is the rest of the article. Venture Beat previously reported that Kojima Productions is, quote, still in the early design phases for this project, end quote, and Kim Swift is hiring as, quote, a part of a bigger strategy to expand the reach of Xbox beyond physical hardware under a TV or monitor. But anywho, this Kojima news, Jeff, dude, I never know when you're right and when you're wrong, man. Like, I don't know. He said that. Is it true? The fuck knows. What's going on with this blue box studio, Jaren? And this shit, it's crazy. A lot of conspiracy theories out there. I assume Kojima is probably partnering with Xbox, but I don't think anybody knows any better than Jeff until it happens. Yeah, this is one of those things where the blue box thing I always thought was 100% fake. It it honestly seemed like... Dude. You've heard about it though, right? You've I have, heard all the yeah, crazy. I've looked through all of the all of the crazy shit. I, it's the it's internet. If you look somewhere, you're gonna find something. No, 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 no. There's a lot going on there, Jaren. It's kind of fucking. It either that dude is just I don't know. Either he's Odeo Kajiba or he's in a he's gonna be in a lot of shit for the way he advertised his game. It was definitely intentional. There's too many. Oh, it was for sure. But it was it was a studio who's going to make a small game uh, that probably isn't going to be that big of a deal. And they were like, yo, we have a chance to amplify the advertising of our game. And then I think it just got away from them. Yeah, I think that happened. I think they just went too far. And everyone's like point about, oh, Sony wouldn't just advertise a random game that didn't really uh, have anything to do with anything. It's like, what do you mean? This is this the whole reason they advertised this game was because it was around the time that Xbox was making a bunch of big moves. So Sony just went, hey, we have this thing. Yeah, I, I've listened to another PlayStation podcast and the host there was like, why would Sony partner with the failed Kickstarter game that made $200 or something? That's why. The same reason they announced the Jade Raymond thing that was nowhere near being complete. It was, it's Sony oh, yeah, was is in a spot well, where Well, at least it's Jade Raymond. This dude hasn't made anything. Or yeah, but they even. had they had a trailer to at least show here, Caleb. They, this was uh, yeah, this yeah, was almost did. like, hey, look at game. 
This is just Sony just being like, hey, we didn't have anything to answer to what Microsoft was doing. So they're just going to keep doing this. They're going to keep showing stupid ass things that don't matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm more with you. I'm just kind of <laughs> playing devil's advocate a bit because I'm kind of like, I don't think it's Kojima really. I just think it's crazy. That blue box stuff. But what do you think of this? This kind of uh, I guess it's a rumor. Technically, Jeff Grubb's saying it. But what do you think about this Kojima Microsoft thing? Until I heard the Kim Swift thing, I wasn't as like on board as it. Obviously, you could just be taking other random news that is for sure and mixing it with news that is speculation. But they are bringing this woman in to work specifically with third party partnerships. And that's going to be her like new job. So if if her coming in is to work with Kojima, I feel like that would be something that was known relatively well at the parties at hand. Like Kojima's people would know it and Xbox's people would know it, which means anyone with insider connections to either place would probably hear that leak out. Yeah, and we still have the teaser with like Phil Spencer and his, uh, you know, his shelf and everything. So yeah. it seems like this is kind of happening. If Even if he's not right and ends up falling through, it seems like they're at least still talking about getting his game uh, probably timed exclusive or something, I, I would guess. Uh, I'm here's You want to hear the hot take, Jaren? You want to hear the hot take? Yeah, sure. Hit me. You ready, man? You want to hit you with it? Uh, don't care about Kojima. <laughs> don't care about his games. Not a big fan. Don't impress me that much. That thing where you have to plug in your controller to, you know, the second port in Metal Gear Solid, and during that one fight, the I forget what it's called, that's pretty cool. Otherwise, don't really give a shit, man. It's yeah, like he's fair. partnered with Kojima's bringing a game to Xbox. And like, I get why that's big for everybody else. But for your boy, Caleb G, it's like, oh, a game that I probably won't play. <laughs> so there you go. There's your hot take for the day. Uh, I hear the people. Oh, hold on, I got to go answer the door. Dude, there's some Kojima people with pitchforks knocking at my door. <laughs> well, Caleb, the next story is more in your alley. Oh, is, that, is it under my alley? What's the next story, Jaren? Xbox suggests Halo Infinite doesn't have an exact date because it's waiting on other games. And what did I write in the doc for this, Caleb? Halo Infinite waiting on other games? Seems we are right again, boys. <laughs> and we are. I think we did mention that. I just said, yo, they're just waiting to see when that Call of Duty date is. That's all. They, uh, they, I like you how they say, say that, other games. You did say that. I like how they say other games. There's literally only one game that's not announced, and it's Call of Duty. Yeah, Phil Spencer, by the way, was on the Drop Frames podcast, and a VGC reported on their conversation. And they said, VGC said, asked that the game is still coming this year during the latest Drop Frames podcast. Xbox boss Phil Spencer said, quote, yeah, absolutely, end quote, but that Microsoft was still finalizing release timing. Uh, Spencer went on to suggest that Xbox was waiting for other big games to confirm their dates in order to avoid a clash. That could potentially include fellow FPS Call of Duty Vanguard, you fucking think, which VGC understands is targeting a November release this year. Quote, for us, we know kind of our range in the three to four week range, Phil Spencer said. Uh, quote, we don't have yet the exact day. There's some other things with some other game timing that we're trying to look at. We'll have be a better clarity over the summer. But this isn't a month's thing. This is just down to a few weeks. And so instead of picking this date and having to move it by a week, which at this point would feel like a fail, we don't want to do that. So let's wait until we're really solid on what the date is. Makes total sense. And then Phil went on to say, quote, but the team's very committed to holiday. We feel good about that. And the way that Pierre Hintz and Joseph Staten are running the team. I don't know who Pierre Hintz is. Heinz, Hintz, I don't know. I feel good about the confidence we have in both quality and getting the game done, end quote. So it seems like he's leaving somewhat of a like there's a 1% chance open that if something really fucks up, you know, that they find out in the flighting and testing and everything that they could delay it out of this year because they, you know, said holiday 2020. So they leave it open. They didn't put a date on it. I don't think that's going to happen. Though. I think it's a very small percent chance at this point. It seems like they're literally just waiting to see when Call of Duty launches. And I kind of get why. But at the same time, uh, Halo should be swinging its big dick around. 
you know? Halo should be just launching whatever the fuck Halo wants, and Call of Duty can eat its asshole, you know? I, I understand, Halo. but this seems very much like the, the Marvel DC conflicts that, that we had back when Batman vs. Superman was coming out, where uh, Marvel announced their release slot of movies, right? But they didn't say which movies they were going to be. Yeah. And, then, and then Warner Brothers went, ha, huh, let's fuck Marvel here. And they said, Batman vs. Superman comes out on the same day as one of Marvel's releases. And then Marvel went, oh yeah, that one's yeah. Uh, Captain America Civil War. And then DC went, okay, we're moving it. <laughs> yes, and it made them funny. look stupid. So, like, obviously Xbox doesn't want to do the same kind of thing where they put out their game. Because if Call of Duty drops in the same week, they're going to move it. Yeah, they are. But, uh, well, they they say they are. <laughs> I'm just saying if I were at Xbox, regardless, I would say it's Halo. And I would compete with Call of Duty directly. I wouldn't give a fuck. I know that's maybe not the best strategy. But from a branding perspective, even showing that you are willing to do that with Halo even just makes it bigger than it even is in a way that's somewhat arbitrary and trite but i'm just i'm just saying i, I would put it wherever the fuck i want and i think november 15th that is uh the 20 year anniversary to the day of mm. halo combat evolved so we assume they're trying to they they want to launch on november 15th which is a week after forza horizon 5 i think uh, is launching and so that's where they want to go they're waiting to see what call of duty does for the, if I were them, I would say fuck it and just put it there and everybody else can eat my dick because I'm Halo. See, in one way, I agree with you because Halo, as we've seen in the in the sales on Steam, is a is a huge thing on Steam. It's fucking crazy, these PC bitches on Halo, dude. <laughs> and we know Halo is going to be big on in Xbox and we know it's coming to Game Pass at, for free. So if people have Game Pass, they're going to be more incentivized not to buy a $70 game when if if Call of Duty and Halo drop in the same week, pretty much the Xbox and the PC audience are more going to swing Halo because... That's what I would think. So that, that would make sense. And since PlayStation's not getting Halo, then it really doesn't matter, right? I'm going to tell you, dude, all the streamers and everybody's going to be like hitting up Halo because it's new and it's going to draw the views and everybody's on board who cares about shooters and it's free to play. And the kids at school, the kids are going to be on board with it too. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest Halo ever. I think I was mentioning mentioning that to you once off air, maybe when we were yeah. talking, where I was like, this Halo is going to be the biggest Halo ever, ever of all of them. Halo 3, Halo 2's launch, whatever. With this multiplayer coming back, the popularity, the PC release, uh, mainly, like I said, the multiplayer with free to play is just the player base is going to be bigger than it's ever been for Halo. And Halo, which is crazy because it's 20 years old and Halo 3 the biggest one, you know, kind of just in everyone's minds came out in 2007. I'm like, with this much farther out, they're releasing Halo Infinite, and that game is going to be bigger than any Halo game that's ever launched. It's going to have so many players. Campaign 2, probably. More people are probably going to play that campaign than ever played Halo 3's campaign or anything. It's going to be it's gonna be big. It's going to be huge. Whether it'll be, like, really great or not, kind of yet to be determined. Looks like the multiplayer has a real vision, like a real vision, and that it's going to end up being great even if it has some problems in some ways. Seems like it's all going to work out and that multiplayer is going to live and it's going to be fantastic. And then the campaign will probably be at least good, we assume. Yeah. And so it's just going to be a good time for everybody. But yeah, we'll move on from this story because we got other stuff going on. But yeah, I'm just going to throw in a three quick things about Halo. Halo Infinite Season 1 is called Heroes of Reach. If you guys yes. are interested, that's happening. Uh, 343 Industries looking into massively increasing Halo Master Chief Collection player counts. It sounds like they want to boost from 16 players to 40 to 60 players potentially in uh, in some game modes. Hype. And uh, Halo Combat Evolved on PC now has free modding tools. 
So there's your quick Halo news. I'll also mention, I think season seven either just dropped or is about to drop for Master Chief Collection. And that one is themed around elites. And so it's kind of cool. All right. So if you're into Halo, there you go. You're some of your Halo Infinite news and some of your Master Chief Collection news. So there you go. Be happy. Yeah. Moving on to our next story. Just from the same, I believe, interview as the as the Halo one, uh, Phil Spencer also talked about Fable. And uh, this one, it he kind of just says, have confidence in the Fable team because of what they've done with Horizon. But the stuff that I wanted to talk about from this one was a lot of the people that have just like signed on to the team that. Oh, yeah, dude, I read that. Yeah, dude, did you read all that shit? All those people who are on the team? I yeah. was like, oh, who are the, when the fuck did these people start working <laughs> on Fable? You could read them off if you want from the VGC article. This uh, gave me like kind of more hope because I already figured Playground could make a good RPG because of what they've done with all the Horizon games. But just key people from this who did specific things that I'm actually a really big fan of uh, really made me even more excited for this game. Like they announced veterans from Rocksteady, Ninja Theory, Gearbox, Bioware are working on Fable. And also the writer behind Control joined the Fable 4 development team as lead writer, which Control, definitely an interesting game, very obscure. Yeah, I imagine it won't be like Control. They'll just use their writing skills to bring that to Fable. Yeah, I do like some of the humor in Control too, which I think will fit well with with Fable. Good. And that being said, someone or Anna Meagle reports into Fable 4's narrative director, Martin Lancaster, and he previously was the lead script writer for Batman Arkham Knight. You can say what you want about the gameplay of that and some of the fight decisions, but the narrative for that game was... It does such a great job of making you think the story is going one way because they knew because of the second Batman game, they couldn't surprise you again. So in Arkham Knight, they spend the entire game basically laying out exactly what you think is going to happen. And then uh-huh. they entirely switch it. They let you think you're ahead of the story, that you know the twists and you know this. And then they twist that on you. It's great. Yeah, because they're like, obviously, you know who the Arkham Knight is. But did you know about all this other stuff? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, my God. You're like, the, yeah, the Arkham Knight thing. Like, fuck you, idiot. That's not even the big reveal. Like, you're you're, you're so far behind. That's not even the, the crazy thing. That game was fantastic. And also, Will Kennedy, a level designer who worked on Grand Theft Auto V and its online component, is the chief designer of Fable. Yeah, level designer. That's pretty, so that, that dude knows, what he's, knows, knows what's going on over there in GTA 5. So. Yep. And the lead quest designer for Fable, Hunter Wright, also worked on Borderlands at Gearbox. So I like those are the main takeaways. Everything about this game, at least in theory, seems like it should be rock solid. Yeah. And then just to add on real quick, they said, Forza Motorsports Studio Turn 10 could be assisting with development of the new Fable. According to the LinkedIn profile, the company's design architect, Bill Geis, who is one of the most senior designers at the studio having acted as creative director for his past three titles. That's just another thing. But like Jaren said, I, the, the, the news here that everyone's reporting is like, yo, Phil Spencer was like, boys, Fables, I can't wait to show you more about Fable, but don't worry about it. Like, that game's great. Playground's got it. They're nailing it. Like, just calm down. We'll show it when it's ready. It looks great now. And you're like, okay. But then you list all these people working on it. You're like, holy shit. This probably isn't like super. It's probably not super crazy for every AAA game, you know, to have this kind of assortment of people from various studios and things. But just reading it specifically and in these people in these particular roles, you're like, well, this game hopefully should turn out to be fantastic. And just one last thing from this interview, because we were going to go over it later, but it makes sense to bring it up now. Uh, Phil Spencer's also kind of been hyping up the idea of Killer Instinct coming back if he finds the right team to do it. So that means it's not close. No one's working on it. And we kind of just wanted to throw that out to the audience and be like, if if you guys are going to interact, head over to at X block podcast on Twitter. And just let us know if you would like a new killer instinct game. 
Hey, yeah, yeah. Phil, Phil and Matt Booty said that they both like love it. And they said the reason they're not making it isn't fine. I don't think he said it's not really, you know, a, a financial thing or whatever. It's just they need the right team to do it. And so they're totally open to making Killer Instinct again if they find the right team for the job. Yeah. So if that's something you guys are into, let us know over at at X Block Podcast on Twitter because I'd love to know how big of a game that is. Me too, man. Because I, I, I can I be honest, Jaren? I saw that and I was like, I forgot about Killer Instinct. Yeah, me too. I, I'm like, God, what did I had to look up screenshots and be like, what is this again? And I know it's big because like it's a rare game, rare property. Like it was, it was so it's a little more popular in the especially in the older school than I give it credit for. But I was like, huh, Killer Instinct, interesting. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how I thought about it. I was like, weird, weird one to bring up, but okay. Yeah. So Caleb, this next story, what do you know about this one? Is it the cyberpunk one or yeah, is it the yeah. cloud one? The cyberpunk one. Okay, the cyberpunk one. So apparently on Xbox up to now. You could refund Cyberpunk 2077 with no questions asked from Xbox and they would give you your money back. I don't think the time played even mattered. I think you could have played it and beat it and returned it for full price. Maybe in like store credit, you know, I think. That's what you right? would that's what you would believe unconditional refund window means, right? That's what I thought I read from the article, but maybe I misread it at some point over from GameSpot. Oh, no, no. Am I wrong? No, no, I think you're okay. right. See, yeah. now me reading this and being a better journalist than most journalists, I was like... Oh, thank God. Better than me. I was like, yo, is this true? So, I did a little investigative research, Caleb. As a man who is 100%ed cyberpunk, gotten all of the achievements, and beaten the game many months ago with about 90 hours played, I said, yo, there's no way that they're going to give me my money back, right? <laughs> did you get it back, So, Jared? I... I I not only could I not do it through the actual uh, refund page, I had to uh, no 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 we're gonna get there. I had to fill out a separate refund form where I went back and got my order number because there was no like refund this button next to it like there is with things you bought recently. And that makes sense. I wrote in my comments for it. Just saw an article today that I could refund this whenever. Totally didn't know about that. Let me know if I can. <laughs> and then I sent the refund in. Dude, fucking approved. $90, $95 back in my Microsoft Fuck account. Fuck yes, dude. <laughs> Jaren about to go out and get bank boys. 95 smackaroons. Hell yeah, Jaren. Because... They said that and I couldn't believe it. They said, since its troubled launch, Microsoft has been offering a no questions asked refund policy exclusive to Cyberpunk 2077, letting you get your money back regardless of the time you might have spent with the game on Xbox. And then they said that is set to change. The story is that that's set to change on July 6th as Microsoft reverts its, uh, to its regular policy, given all the game updates developer CD Projekt Red has released. Which, uh, can I just mention, guys, that I wrote an article on Screen Rant about the latest patch 1.23 i think it is and like there's a video of an npc that just tackles the car and it goes flying and all <laughs> yeah. this shit. it's not fixed dude like and maybe it's a little better and maybe it's a little more stable i don't know i don't really care but uh, it has a lot of problems and it makes sense that they had a no questions asked refund policy and that makes sense that you had to fill out a survey too because you don't just want everybody getting their money back right you still want to try to keep some money <laughs> yeah given that xbox makes a some cut on the sales of the game uh, but that's great man 95 95 smackaroons it was fucking funny Schmeckles. I, I laughed out loud when i got the email that said your refund <laughs> has been approved <laughs> yeah you, you could have said you're like yeah GameSpot reported that that this was no questions asked so i'm hoping you don't ask any questions <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to the next story we're going to tear through these last three quick because they're pretty straightforward Xbox is reportedly rolling out Series X server blades for cloud gaming. All that means is it seems like now a lot of the games are running on the Series X as opposed to 
other platforms or like the technology of the Series X. So now a m- bunch of your streaming games actually have 120 frame support and uh, 4K support. And apparently the latency has got dramatically less. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how the cloud shit works, but like Jaren said on the back end, they're using Series X hardware now or something for the running of the games on your streaming. Yeah. So for they have like a list of a bunch of games that are now way better and they're they're getting ready for that starfield redfall stuff yeah exactly so there you go get hype for that if that's your kind of thing and lastly we're going to end on some game pass news so these are the games that are coming to game pass from june 23rd up until july 1st and we're going to start out with worms rumble caleb tell me about it back in the indie days where they were going to have that indie showcase and we yep. talked about in march yeah, we talked about how uh, Team 17 was going to be there. And I was like, yo, they just brought that Worms Rumble game out. I bet that's coming to Game Pass at some point. Then they had the whole conference. Didn't happen. I was like, wow, guess I was wrong. Turns out I was just two months early, my guy. Yeah, we should have known that Jaren wasn't <laughs> wrong. We should have all collectively been like, wow, that's crazy that they lied to us. Because, you know, Jaren said something else. So I'm pretty sure he's right. The insider with no connections. I get more things right than most people. I mean, the pr- here's the problem. Here's the issue. The conflict. You're not wrong, and I hate that. (laughs) And then on June 24th, Iron Harvest comes out for PC. June 24th, we also get Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remaster. That's EA Play, though, so you need Game Pass Ultimate. June 24th, Proteus comes out for PC. Dude, I got myself a Proteus. Dude, I got dude. My doctor checked out my Proteus (laughs) last night, dude. June 29th, Going Under comes out, but the platform's to be determined, so I don't know if they don't know, if they maybe they haven't finished the game yet. Who knows? I'm not playing that. Unless we spin it in our wheel, unfortunately. And then Banjo-Kazooie comes to Cloud. That was already in Game Pass. But Bug Fables, dude, the prequel to Fables, the everlasting <laughs> sapling. That comes to console, bug. PC, and Cloud on July 1st. Is that a colon or is it just Bug Fables? Is it Bug Fables or Bug Fables? <laughs> no, it's Bug Fables, then the colon, the everlasting sapling. I don't. Listen, <laughs> guy. Listen. Do better. Then we got Gang Beasts. That game's actually fun and the achievements are pretty easy. Uh, so go play that if you need a co-op game or something to play that's fun with the boys. Immortal Realms Vampire Wars comes out July 1st and Limbo comes out July 1st. Remember Limbo? Remember them when that was a thing? Yeah, I hate it because, I mean, I I like it, but there's an achievement to, I think, beat it with five deaths or less. And uh, <laughs> that's hard. That is true. And lastly, the games that will be leaving on June 30th, Battle Chasers Night War. That game's leaving. I said Battle Chasers with so much gusto, man. I felt that. Yeah, I know. I just sounded cool. Yeah. Battle Chasers. Yeah, you, you did. Know? You really did, man. I would have put you in a TV show about Battle Chasers or whatever the fuck it's called. Battle Chasers Night War. Someone cut that into a trailer. <laughs> Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is also leaving on June 30th. All of these games are leaving on June 30th, so I'll just say the names going forward. Mist Over. That sounds like a dumbass name. Uh, Monster Hunter World. Thank God Game Pass just got better. Oh, oh my God. It's leaving? <laughs> Your boys throw a party. <laughs> Outer Wilds is leaving. That game's actually cool. You should give that a shot before it leaves. Yeah. Actually, you won't be able to because this podcast will launch after it's left. So, never mind. Get fucked. Out of the Park Baseball 21, Soul Calibur VI, and The Messenger are all leaving. Yo, I want to say this this podcast actually comes out the 28th. So, you have a couple days to, oh, dude, to, to get I didn't it in there. No. All right. There you go. Yeah. You got two days. Two days to not yeah. play Monster Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and now we're moving on to our quick X-Factor discussion, Caleb. There's no sound for you to make for this one, so we kind of just start. No, I'm okay with it. It's a discussion, man. <laughs> there's no there's no pings, no noises. And this one this week, dude, you wrote, favorite licensed music that games introduced you to, and that can be artists or individual songs. Yep. So, 
you said to keep this one. Well, you say it's going to be a quicker one this week, which it's always quicker, but we're going to keep saying that, right? Uh, I, dude, I have an easy one that is everyone's easy one, which is clearly Guitar Hero. I mean, clearly. Guitar Hero 2, specifically. I mean, what could I do? What can I say about Guitar Hero 2? That whole fucking soundtrack is a banger, man. Even starting off with, uh, the, what is it, Surrender, I think is the first song on there. Yeah. Yeah, just like all the the seventies esque and even like early nineties and uh, rock music that's on that at like the heart shaped box. Uh, let's see, Monkey Wrench is on there. Just a bunch of like even weirder rock songs that maybe you wouldn't normally come across that you may have heard in a movie as a one off or something. And even though in Guitar Hero two the songs were covered, I don't think they technically got the license to the music. You still would just like go now and you could uh, look for the music on iTunes at that time when Guitar Hero two came out you know, on your fucking iPod Nano or whatever the shit you had, Jaren, <laughs> and you could find some of these songs. So uh, there's, I mean, there were a bunch on there. The F- Free Bird at the end, I had heard because, you know, I live in Louisiana, so fucking Alabama-based Leonard Skinner, and I was like, oh, yeah, Free Bird. <laughs> uh, and, but that song was still, like, crazy to play, and it was, it was a really good time. Hey, you had a lot of things. I don't know, X, XYZ was a weird song on there. Yeah. J- j- what is that? The Don't Wanna Be A Fisherman. <laughs> For that song? <laughs> Man, that, what was that called? I don't again? remember was, what that song was called. It's like John the Fisherman or something. I don't know. But like, yeah, yeah, you're that right. Song was good. These yeah. games, like Guitar Hero Two and Guitar Hero Three and Rock Band and all those, I didn't even think of those when I was thinking about answering this question. But yeah, those, oh, really? those essentially turned uh, like a generation of video game players into classic rock fans. No, oh, it really did. It really everyone who really you know not just casually played Guitar Hero at a friend's house, but who really loved and really played Rock Band and really play Guitar Hero. Like, that's how everyone, probably everyone got into that music at that time. Yeah, the reason I didn't think about it, the only reason I didn't think about it was because prior to those games coming out, uh, I used to spend a lot of time with uh, my uncle and and his family in in Montreal, and they were really into classic rock and stuff. So when all these game, when those games came out, it was like, oh, cool, me being a person who doesn't know how to play an instrument, I can now like have a good time playing rock band and all this kind of stuff. But most of those songs I already knew. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's kind of cool. My my dad, he uh, was he's more into like modern rock, you know, yeah. and alternative. So I, I was more familiar with like even modern early 2000s, late 90s, mid 2000s, uh, different like rock and uh, alternative music and shit like that. And uh, in late 2000s as well, I've been going into there. But I wasn't as familiar. He doesn't really listen to classic rock as much. So that's kind of more where I discovered that, as well as movies and everything too. But yeah, I'm just looking at the list of Guitar Two right now. Like Shout at the Devil, Great you know, song. Woman, Mother, uh, Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight, Message in a Bottle. It's a good one. Uh, them Bones, remember that's uh, War Pigs from Black Sabbath. Cherry Pie from Warrant. Uh, obviously, Sweet Child of Mine was a great one to play, but I think everyone had probably heard of that at that point. Bad Reputation, it's a solid one for me. Rock this town. Uh, let's see, Psychobilly Freakout. Fucking shout out to whatever the hell that was. Beast and the Harlot by Avenged Sevenfold was still was really fun to play. And those are, you know, there, there's a lot more in there, too. I'm not going to read the whole list to you, but those are some pretty good standouts. You know, Raw Dog, bunch of things. Yeah, that's fair. And what's what kind of brought on this topic for me was uh-huh. there's in the most recent Forza Horizon 5 trailer, they play yeah. this song called You Can Get It, which is by the Arkells. And it very like, I guess because it was played at such a big event, it kind of blew up that song to be like one of the Arkells like most played songs on Spotify, even though they're like a decently big band in Canada, but it kind of like shot them into the mainstream, I guess, for that one song. And I was thinking about like other artists that that kind of did that for me. So like when we played Dirt 4, or was it Dirt 5? 
Dirt 5? Yeah, it was Dirt 5. In uh, in Game Pass, they had that song Magic Man that they used to play all the time on there by the Sherlocks. And I, and I like was a big fan of that song after the game finished. And then the number one one for me is like both GTA and then Borderlands, Tales from the Borderlands, like reminded me about him. And that was like me getting into Twin Shadow. Yeah, dude, the, you, you brought up some good points. Like I kind of, you know, chose Guitar Hero 2 and, and that was my main one. But they're also all the Guitar Hero and all the Rock Band games. But there are some other bangers out there for licensed music, like the GTA radio, Saints Row, uh, the third and Saints Row four, those radios. Uh, I didn't even think about Forza Horizon and like the Forza Horizon two and three and four and five, I guess five coming up. But for two, three and four, those soundtracks and you can now like Spotify makes it easy to like look up these games playlists of the various radio stations and everything. And yeah, Forza Horizon three had some great songs. And then uh, what did you just mention again? That that Uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Tales from the Borderlands. Holy shit, dude. The five songs that they play yeah. at the beginning of each episode, like the one that they play at the beginning of each episode, and there's five episodes. Holy shit. Those are the, that, that was a great game, man. Those songs were dope as fuck, dude. Yeah, and they were all kind of indie, and like we didn't really know about them before. Like, yeah, that introduced me to Twin Shadow, and he's been one of my favorite yeah. artists since I heard his song in that game. Yeah. yeah, for those of you, like, you don't even have to play it. Go on YouTube and look up Tales from the Borderlands episode three uh and you can just like put like twin shadow or opening song or something yeah and you can do the same for episode five and it's just crazy it's just such a great i don't know it's a great introduction to licensed music and then i'll just throw a shout out real quick to halo 2 which came out in 2004 they had a breaking benjamin song in one of the instances where when you're in uh i think it's the level high charity or is it high charity it's one of them or uh, where the master chief shows up at high charity toward the end of halo 2 and you get to the room at the end of the level with a bunch of elites and hundreds and everything, and it just starts blaring, and it just goes into Breaking Benjamin, where he's like, they fall in line one at a time. And you're just like, God damn, like just in a halo, just random as fuck. And the guitar kicks off, you know, and it's just awesome. It's a great song. So there you go. Check out that song by Breaking Benjamin and check out To the Top by uh, Twin Shadow. Yeah. So those are those are some solid licensed music songs. Caleb. Those was uh... That was good picks, man. I'm not gonna lie. It was a fun conversation. Yeah, I really, I was a big fan of uh of the being introduced to those songs. Oh wait, do you remember Forza Horizon Four and that uh that song that we could never Shut tell up. what the guy was saying? Yeah. You suck me whole. You suck me <laughs> off. That guy. I remember him. Uh, Dude, if you don't think that guy is saying you suck me off, <laughs> I think you it, I think it's you suck me it. whole. I don't care. That's not what he said. I listened to that song 85 times. No, no, no. I mean, like, game, I mean like, that's what I think it sounds like. I think it sounds like you suck me oh. whole. That's obviously not the lyrics, but. I think it sounds like you suck me off. But fair. Both, <laughs> both obvious, obvious, like, but obviously he doesn't say that. But yeah, you know, like, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, there are great ones like that. There's that one song from uh, Saints Row, I think, three or four with the the guys. I don't know. It was like one with them smoking weed or something. It was like this crazy dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Know. Okay, yeah. But but now we're now we're diving too far into it. We gotta yeah. move on. <laughs> yeah, these are really specific instances. Yeah. Oh man, if only the X Factor discussion from now on starts with this is the X Factor discussion. You suck you me home. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to Game Master gameplay. This is the segment of the podcast where at the start of every month we spin a wheel from Game Pass games. And it picks out a game for us to play. And we it's essentially all of the games we haven't played and not reiterative sports titles. 
Yeah. So we spin that wheel, it picks out a game, and then we have to play that game that month. We don't have to play all of it, we just have to play enough to give an opinion on whether you should give it a shot or not. We're not giving it like a review score, we're just saying, is this worth your time playing or not? Yeah, you know, we're not really, we're not playing it for 30 minutes, though. You know, we're not playing it for probably even like an hour. And you probably give, you give it a couple hours at least, you know, and then... Yeah, I've I've finished four of the five games, right? Yeah, you, you have. I finished all of them but Spirit Fair, right? DayZ, you can't really finish. Yeah, and you haven't started Psychonauts yet. Yeah. But yeah, so that that's this month's game is Psychonauts. So come back next week and you can hear our review of uh, of Psychonauts and if you should play it or not. Yo, Jaren, I installed it, dude. It's installed. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's crazy. I have it installed on my on my on my console. Man, it's like seven. No, no, it's not seven. It was crazy. It was like four gigabytes. I was just surprised. I downloaded it. It was like four gigabytes. I was like, this is wow, interesting. That's big for that. Did were the discs even that big? Did they like make it bigger? I don't know, man. I gotta, I'll, I'll check again, but I'm pretty sure when I downloaded it, it was like four gigabytes. That's crazy. Yeah, I'll make sure. I'll try to remember and report back, but <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll play it before next episode and Jaren and I will tell you whether you should pass or play it. I think going forward, Caleb and I might talk about it and figure it out maybe for next month, but I almost think it makes sense for us to review the game on the last week of the month and then spin the wheel the next week. So it's not both in the same week, but you mm. know, we'll figure that out later. It's just to throwing it out there. Let us know if you if you agree with that. Agreed. Yeah, that's our post podcast talk that you don't get to hear. It's private between <laughs> me and my little boy. And now we're moving on to the FAF. And the FAF is the news that you should not have wasted your time reading. If you were reading it, you were faffing about. And we're here to tell you it in a more fun and concise matter where we largely just make fun of it. Yeah, if you like this news uh, and you're interested in it, you're stupid. And sometimes <laughs> I'm interested in it, which what do you think that makes me? There you go. We're all stupid at one point. Uh. All right, Caleb, start us off. Microfaf. This one's actually might be interesting for you, Caleb. Oh, God damn it. Xbox is introducing new designed monitors, unlocking the true power of HDMI 2.1 on the Xbox Series X and S. See, that's actually kind of a cool story that you put in the faf. But yeah, I may need a new <laughs> monitor here, you know, in the future. I have a few things I need to buy. I need a new PC because mine I got in like 2015, I think. And I need, I still need a new LG OLED CX or C1 or whatever the hell. You know, Juwan just got one. Oh, did he? Yesterday, yeah, dude. Yesterday he bought a 55-inch C1. Mm. So, it's pretty hot. He was, dude, he was initially, this is kind of just a me and Jaren conversation, but I don't care, it's my podcast. Dude, he was thinking <laughs> about buying like the Sony TV. I don't remember which one. Oh, the the A, A, A90J? Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh no, mijo. And dude, I try to tell Juwan sometimes, like, man, listen, Jaren knows a lot about TVs. And Juwan's like, oh, no, I know a lot about TVs. And I'm like, I don't know if you know more than Jaren, man. He's like, well, I used to work at Best Buy and sell TVs. I'm like, listen, dude, Jaren knows a lot about TVs, man. Like, I just want to throw that out there. Jaren's a TV guy. I, mean, you know, I know you know you know some stuff about TVs, but you should talk to Jaren, you know, get a little, get another second opinion. But anyway, that's a kind of a side tangent. But yeah, dude. That being said, though, dude, A90J, mm -hmm. fucking slap yeah. of a TV. Is it a slap? Oh, that thing's fucking incredible, but it's not as good for games as the LG TVs are. Okay, see, there you go, Jaren. That's, that's Jaren. If you're looking for a TV out there, dude, free advice. You don't have to pay for it. If you want to watch movies, though, I get the A90J. Okay. Well, who wants to watch <laughs> movies in this day and age, man? It's all about games. That's fair. And I don't know if one of these Xbox monitors is actually, I don't know if this Philips monitor is an OLED because uh, it has been made with Xbox in mind. And I know Philips does make OLEDs and this thing is 55 inches. So I'll have to look into Jesus. this, Caleb. And this might actually be something that uh, you might want if it was specifically designed to work for the Xbox Series X. This could in some case be better than the LG. I'd have to really look into it. Yeah, well, let us know, Jaren. This is a, this is an interesting FAF topic that we care about <laughs> for some reason. Also in the micro FAF, 
Space Jam has come out with special versions of their controllers to advertise the new movie. Now we're getting somewhere. One of those super fucking dope looking. Oh, really? Dude, you got us? Did we get faffed? Uh, yeah, there, there's one that just looks <laughs> like the Space Jam logo. There's one that's purple and black and says Goon Squad on it. And then there's one that is like black, but it has this light blue like design all across it you really got to look it up it's a slap of a controller after this podcast if you haven't seen yeah, it i haven't seen it take a take a look at those uh those space jam controllers audience yeah if you're hunting those space jam controllers go get you one dude it's your time you've been waiting so long i bet they will be sold out immediately yeah you know but <laughs> you can try you can try all right caleb hit me with the next one those looming regulations stressing you out? FIFA 21 is temporarily letting players see what's in their loot boxes before buying them. Jerry, you don't want to see how the sausage is made, man. It's never pretty. <laughs> so you can look at your loot box and you can go, eh, I ain't feeling that. Probably should have been like that the whole time. Do you know, make it less like gambling. But, uh, you know, Jaren, you're not a doctor, are you? Unfortunately not. Yeah. So what the fuck do you know? Shut up. <laughs> Let the kids gamble, Jaren. These preview packs will only run until July, though. Then they'll be back to gambling. Okay, thank God. I was worried my kids would, wouldn't be gambling, but that thing, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back. All right, cool. Next one, Caleb. A FAF founder makes their return, exclamation point. Who do you think it is, Caleb? Keenan Allen? <laughs> the latest Marvel Avengers patch is displaying players' IP addresses on their screen. Oh, FAF founder Marvel. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> let, we let them go for a while, but we're back. They have a literal glitch I read about. That shows your IP address. Holy shit. So you can get fucking doxxed. Yeah, if you're streaming. Dude, they didn't even take the servers down. They just kept them up. They sent out a tweet and they're like, yo, I guess if you didn't see this tweet and you're streaming our game, get fucked. <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh, fucking funny. All right, Caleb, hit me with the next one. The duty department, colon, deadly guns and even deadlier entrance ways. <laughs> 24 hours after being added, Warzone's new MG82 is already being nerfed. That's how fucking deadly that gun was. You know, you got to make it real good at the start so all those people that paid for the battle pass get to kill everybody for 24 hours and then you take it back. Yo, did you read? Did you read our, how, how we make those games? Did you, did you read the report? Because that's, that's how they're made. I wrote an article for Screen Rant recently, do shameless plug, where a dude posted a video on Reddit of him, like he was in Warzone and he was outside this window on a second floor, like on a roof. And he was like looking into the house that these two guys were in, killed a guy, turned left, was throwing a grenade, saw a guy running at him with Cali sticks, you know, toward the window, started backing up. The dude with Cali sticks started wailing at him and hit him from like over five feet away as he was backing up. Like he was still in the side, like the guy was still inside behind the window, partially obscured by the wall. And the dude outside on the roof was just backing up. And the dude was hitting him like through the wall from like six <laughs> feet away inside and then downed him well caleb at least that man that you talk about was killed by a player because apparently call of duty warzone accidentally intrused a door that could kill you yeah we don't know if i don't i've heard about that i don't <laughs> know if that is intentional or not because it seems very specific but there's a doorway with people just running into it and dying for fun you just see piles <laughs> of bodies stupid ass call of duty uh, apparently they said they were gonna fix it so maybe it was not on purpose oh it's just a deadly door, huh? Yep. I, I wrote an article with one of mine. I'm like, guys, why don't you just like play test your updates and like <laughs> fix them before you release them? And then you don't have to sit there and do damage control because you're trying to put out so much content and stay relevant. Hear me out. Guys, why don't you just fix the cheating problem and then fix the game and then play tested future updates? Like, hear me out. 
hear me out, Activision. Think about it. People are currently playing a game, Caleb, where if you break it down and put it into perspective, people are playing a game where if they don't get killed by hackers, if they don't get killed by DLC added guns that are twice as good as everything else, if they don't get killed by a man hitting them through the floor while they're on the roof, and if they don't just get killed by random people running over them in cars, they may just get killed by a door. <laughs> they may run into a door and die. <laughs> in a competitive FPS about being the last person alive. Well, that's the end of the duty department, Caleb. Let's go on to the last one. We're at the end, dude. One sentence reactions. Marvel's Loki confirmed for Fortnite July crew pack. I'm still not going to play Fortnite. I don't even have a funnier thing to say than that one besides like they're trying to get me. You know, like, hey, we got Loki. Remember the, you see the Marvel show on the Disney Plus? I don't care. I'm not playing your game. Chinese court cancels auction for Yu-Gi-Oh card after price reaches $13 million. This is, uh, there are so many ways you can go with this with the Chinese <laughs> government. I don't have a good one, Jerry. Read it again. Wait, read it one more time. Chinese court cancels auction for Yu-Gi-Oh card. China after... has a court? I listened that time. There are no fucking courts in China. What are you talking about? Get the fuck out of here. The Pokemon Company reveals a brand new Pikachu-themed plane. Pika Peep. It actually, it. Lo actually looks pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Oh. I like planes. You got it? Yeah, you do like planes. I just I just love Pikachu's cry, dude. Pika Peep. <laughs> Why do you make him sound like a guy who's like hanging out in the hood? That's funnier, dude. Pika Peep. That's how, that's how Pikachu walks around, man. You don't listen to him before his battles. You know, he's like, Pikachu, use a Thunderbolt. He's like, Pika Peep. Pulls out a Glock 9. <laughs> <laughs> all right and the last one which i always traditionally take gotham knights developer working on a new triple a game all right guys finish your first fucking game that you have announced if you're labeled as the gotham knights developer then the game that you're labeled as should have already come <laughs> out and you shouldn't be working on a new fucking game god of jared my one sentence reaction i thought about it was gonna be i was like not even not even quadruple a <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft announced the initiative is quadruple A. Oh, yeah. Like, they're making a new triple A game. I'm like, wow, dude. Sega's making a super game. Microsoft's making a quadruple A game. You guys can't even make, you guys are making a triple A game? Get the fuck out of here. And that is the end of episode 17 of the X Block podcast. If you would like to follow us anywhere, head over to Twitter at X Block Podcast. Head over to Instagram at X Block Podcast. You can go over to TikTok where the TikToks will start going up soon at X Block Podcast. And if you want to hear us in different places than the one you're listening to now, you can check us out at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, or pretty much anything Anchor supports. Yeah. Or you can check us out on YouTube. Just look up The X Block Podcast and feel free to listen to there. And Caleb's going to tell you about our dope Patreon. You come to patreon.com slash xblockpodcast and feel free to throw us the rest of the money you were going to pay toward your mortgage and give it to us. Or not. Don't do that. That's a bad idea, actually. I regret saying that. Don't do it. Just throw us a dollar or two or three instead of buying a coffee. Send it to us and maybe one day I'll get a new mic and my audio will sound slightly better for the podcast because that's what we spend our money on here is in the podcast. And we already got Jaren's PC and we're trucking forward with getting me a new mic one day. All right. So go over to patreon.com slash xblockpodcast and listen, Jaren. Can I say something real quick? Yep. I forgot what it was. <laughs> All right. The price of Caleb's OnlyFans has now risen back up to the price of a Bitcoin as nobody yep. gave us $10,000. It was on sale, you idiots. Didn't go for it. <laughs> Didn't go for it. It was only $10,000 to start an OnlyFans. And I think actually Bitcoin's price has plummeted. I think it's actually more like $30,000. All right. Well, whatever it is, that's the price 
of Caleb's OnlyFans, X Block Out. Thanks for listening to the X Block. New episodes every Monday at 5 a.m. Oh, ooh, voice crack.